0: Welcome
1: to the Dacus Report. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. On today's show, we're going to look at something very different. Instead of just focusing on the the cases and the challenges with with cases, uh, we've got something very special for you. We're going to talk about the offense, Uh, some things that you can do where it's needed the most in public schools. And how to have an impact and something very exciting that's taking place across the country uh, that I just, I just felt compelled to share with you on this show. And I know you're going to be encouraged and empowered uh, if you want to make a difference for the kingdom in our public schools. So to help me do that today, I'd like to welcome now to the show Kelly Popp. Uh, Kelly, uh, you are with the organization called uh, Decision Point. Yes. And uh, it's an organization that's been around a, a good while. Uh, tell us about the mission of Decision Point. What's it about? What are you trying to do?
2: Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks for having me. Uh, decision Point exists to proclaim the gospel to the next generation. That's who we're trying to reach. This next generation. You know, it's it's a crazy time for teenagers these days. They're, it's a time of decision. They're making a lot of decisions for themselves. What's the what do I do with my life? And what do I do with school? And how do I think for myself? And and what's the point of life as they start to think really spiritually and. Mm-hmm. And so many students, sadly, are even asking, like, "Should I live?" I mean, mm. it's a it's a hard time for students. Um, and and these days, students are really unchurched. They're really not going to church anymore. Really, uh, at all? No, it's it's changed so much in the last twenty years. Um, they have low biblical literacy. They're just being tossed. I mean, culture just shows us. We see it all the time. They're just being tossed to and fro. <laughs> by so many crazy um, thoughts and and they're, and they're floundering and they're hurting. And mm-hmm. so our ministry exists uh, to go to them. If they're not gonna come to the church, we're gonna go to them. And uh, so we go directly to the public schools uh, to reach them. And uh, we're doing that through other Christian students. So we think the best people to reach students is other students. Peer-to-peer evangelism is where it's at. Um, students have such an influence to share uh, their story of changed life with their friends. And so we really specialize in equipping the Christian students that are in the public schools to be missionaries to their own school.
1: Okay, so now I remember when I was back in, in high school, and I had a youth group there at our high school. I think uh-huh. it was Young Life or uh, some a, a group like that. And we didn't really do witnessing outreach at all. It was sort of like a bunker down group. Right. Like, okay, we're all Christians. Yeah, okay, yeah, good, good. We'll encourage each other as Christians, you know, not to fall away from the faith. I mean, that seemed to be what it was about, you know, to keep us from uh, diverging and and doing stupid things. So, you know, and to grow as Christians, grow in our walk with the Lord. But I never felt that it was about, you know, training us, equipping us. To do the Great Commission, to, to reach out, which is what God wants us to do as believers. Right. So your ministry is unique in that it's not just, okay, let's encourage the remnant and keep them from falling away. Yes. It's no, let's let's train the remnant to reach out to kids who are lost in the high school campus. Yes. And uh, what's going on. So I think that's a very important distinction. This, there's a huge spiritual battle taking place in public schools. Mm-hmm. I call public schools today spiritual death camps. <laughs> that's my term I came up with. It may a little radical for some people out there listening. Spiritual death camps? Mm-hmm. If they look at the stats and they look at what kids are being taught and the peer pressure and the mm-hmm. change in the attitudes mm-hmm. and viewpoint, that's a that's conclusion I think is very reasonable uh, for most of our public schools probably in the United States. Mm-hmm. Spiritual death camps, that's what the stats show. You're combating that in yes. a very significant way. Now, there's a unique partnership that we have with, with PJI and Decision Point. Yes. Let's start with how that partnership started. And uh, it was uh, interesting how God and His sovereignty uh, brought us together and how He used PJI for the very creation Massively. of Decision Point.
2: Yes, yeah, it was like 20, I think 21, 22 years ago.
1: Yes, you're aging me now, but yeah. go ahead. Yeah.
2: <laughs> a while ago, I was almost there. Yeah. Um, uh, our founder, Warren Willis, he had a background serving with Campus Crusade for Christ overseas. And the Lord brought him back to the United States, gave him a, a, a vision to reach America. And he was just trying to figure out what would that look like. And he heard a statistic that like, almost 75, 85% of people that receive Christ do it before the age of 18. Mm. And he said, well, then I need to reach all the students under 18 um, if that's strategically where students are coming to the Lord. But he didn't know where to start. And he found your book, Reclaim Your School, and uh, he started reading it. And he started to realize legally what students could do in their high schools. He didn't know. It was like they can share the gospel. They can host revival rallies on campus. They can pass out Bibles. I mean, his eyes were just opened to vision and possibility. And so he jumped in the car from Southern California and came to meet you in Sacramento. Yeah. And, uh, and, I,
1: and I remember he, he called me before he came up and he says, uh, Brad, this is Warren Willis. I read your book. <coughs> and it talks about revival rallies, you know, during school time on school right. campuses, public schools, high schools. So he goes, can you, can you really do that? He goes, yes, you can. he goes, well, um, you know, have you ever done one? I said, well, actually, we're going to do our first one two days from now. Uh, If you can come on up, you can watch it, observe it, take notes, and that's just what he did. We only did one. My wife and I, uh, we did one revival Mm -hmm. rally because we thought, hey, we talked about it in the book we wrote, but is there an example anywhere? Let's give him an example. Let's put it on video. Let's send it out there to give the vision. Well, just two days before this revival rally, by God's sovereignty, he contacts us. Drives on up, arrives just in time for the revival rally. He sees it with his own two eyes, mm-hmm. the Christian band playing Jesus, <laughs> Salvation. I mean, that's what it sounded like to me. Okay, I'm aging myself. but And then we had a youth of re- you know, evangelist preaching the gospel yeah. and someone else sharing his testimony of deliverance from bondage. And it was so powerful. And he took notes of it. And then he sat down with my wife and I for about three and a half hours afterwards. In our home, and he asked all of these questions, and I thought, this guy, what, probably a waste of time, you know. He's he's elderly. He's now even more elderly, <laughs> but I just thought, you know, what, he doesn't have the energy to, to get all these young people. I mean, I, I had all my cynicisms, but he was the one that the Lord had chosen, mm-hmm. and anointed to do what he did. He did, and it is incredible. Decision Point was born, started with the biola. And he contacted me. He says, "Brad, I've got ten groups of ten students, uh, and they're ready to to go to ten high schools and put on revival rallies. Mm-hmm. I need you to fly down and do training." <laughs> I go, "Whoa, he's doing it!" And he's I did stewarded. the tra- We did the training. Yeah. And he did it. And then the organization was born. Yep. And it has taken off. Uh, it's it is absolutely incredible. Now we have PJI and Decision Point. The relationship didn't stop there. Yeah. Uh, Talk about the relationship that we have ongoing right now and with PJI and your wonderful ministry.
2: Yeah, and I just want to say a big thank you because it was the vision of that book that led us now 21 years later. And we have now helped students host over 2,000 of those revival rallies. Over 2,000? Yeah, at over 500 campuses across the nation.
1: Okay, the last I heard was 1,000 revival rallies. Yeah. Over 2,000. With with, uh, over 4,000 kids coming to Jesus. And now it's
2: 10,000 that have come to know the Lord through all these rallies. So it has happened. That is awesome. And it's all led by students.
1: Now, is this just in one state in the country, or is this... No.
2: No, this year we're praying that the Lord will expand and advance our mission into 17 major cities all across the nation. So we have... This year? This year. Yeah, well, we'll help over 300 schools this year. And we're in California, all throughout California, Arizona, Texas, all across Chicago, the Midwest, uh, s- things are starting in the, in, on the East Coast. The Lord is expanding the mission. There too. Yep. I
1: like that you're all over California, because mm-hmm. that's where you started. Mm-hmm. But California, boy, California needs it, because there's so much evil and, and uh, yeah. unproductive dis- uh, instruction in our public schools, deceptive education. This is fantastic. And that's, that's why I wanted to have you on the show, because there's, it's something really dynamic, It's fruitful. Mm -hmm. It's something that most people out there aren't even aware that it Mm -hmm. can happen. They just think, well, maybe you can have a Bible club, but that's it. And they don't really know all the ways that the students can individually as well as through their club do dynamic evangelism and really make a difference. Now, uh, I know sometimes, more than just sometimes, uh, (laughs) oftentimes uh, there are high schools that will tell you, no, no. Uh, you're not allowed yep. uh, to do a revival rally on our campus. No, no, no. Separation of church and state or whatever. You, you can't be here. You can't be here.
2: Right.
1: What, what do you do then?
2: We're thankful for PJI. That's what we do then. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's happening more and more. You know, when we started our ministry, there wasn't a lot of opposition. There was kind of doors wide open, and it's changing rapidly. Uh, students are being told no often by their administration. No, you can't start a Christian club. No, you can't hold an evangelistic rally. No, you can't reserve the gym. No, you can't have outside guest speakers. And they can. All of those things are yeses. And so we really equip the students to stand up for their legal rights. We, we tell them, you have to do this. You gotta go and respectfully talk to your administration. Uh, your, the souls of your, your friends are on the line and the trajectory of your club is on the line and, right. and your district and so we really lean into them and give them the support but really what we do is we give them the tools that you've given us so you've given us a phenomenal letter that students can walk into their their principal's office and hand it to their principal and it's a wonderful kind focused direct legal letter that says yes you can do all these things and, um, and then sometimes your legal team will get on the phone with our students or their parents and help them. Sometimes they'll call the school directly. Uh, you have just gone to bat for our students. And just in this last year alone, your team has helped 26 of our schools with legal fights. Um, and in every single one of them, the administration has changed their mind uh, because they have realized that legally students can share their faith. And yeah. they can do these evangelistic rallies. And so now students are hearing the gospel uh, wow. because of our partnership.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so powerful. And in most of those high schools, they I, there was some kind of uh, rally or outreach, evangelism. I mean, this is real results in real high schools. Yes. Real time. Yes. You know, this isn't like 23 over 20 years. This is just this year. Just this year. 23 high school campuses have Mm -hmm. now had the the light shining brightly on their campuses with with the good news of Jesus. uh, Can I tell you two stories about them? Yeah, please do. do.
2: Noah is a student. I think you actually got to meet him when you were at our conference this summer. Noah is a student who had been told no, and he was just bold. Um, He's in the Bay Area of of California, up near San Francisco, and he had been told no. No, you can't have an evangelistic rally. No, you can't reserve the gym. Within hours, your team helped us get a letter to his principal, and then they literally about-faced, like, oh, okay, yeah, you can. Yeah. And then he was able to then share the gospel with his school. So we've been, like, celebrating Noah's story because we want other students to know, like, no, you can actually do this. And then out in Chicago, in one of the hardest spiritually dry um, hard to get into areas of Chicago, uh, your team helped students start a Christian club. They were being denied that they could start a Christian club. They'd never had a Christian club on their campus because they just kept being told no. And then your team helped those students start a Christian club and it's now changed that school forever.
0: Did you know that all of PJI's practical resources are offered free of charge and that we are proud to have served hundreds of thousands of people in this way? Just visit us at bji.org to download all the current and free resources you need. Now, back to the Dacus Report.
1: And it's not just, once again, just helping the Christian kids not lose their faith. Yep. We're talking, like in Noah's situation, we're talking about real kids that have come to Jesus oh, yeah. as a direct result of him standing up for his rights to share his faith yeah. And, I mean, this is this is real results, folks. I mean, these are real kids standing up for their faith, boldly, mm-hmm. uh, going against hostile school districts in Chicago, San Francisco Bay Area, and we're seeing the fruits of it. These are kids mm-hmm. seeing other kids come to Jesus and have their lives transformed and changed. Uh, you know, we hear so many talks about with how things are going down the drain, and in many ways they are. Mm-hmm. And yet God has never given us a bunker down doctrine. We'll just, you know, get your Bibles and your, your bullets and head to the, uh, you know, the cabin far away in the mountains, just bunker down. No, right. There's nothing in the Bible supporting the bunker down doctrine, I call it. <laughs> no, no. It's go ye therefore yeah. into all the world. And uh, Warren Willis, his vision, taking that information. And then the people like you who are part of his team that you can just see the love of Christ flowing out of, of the people who are, are part of your ministry. Uh, it's so encouraging. I know recently I participated in a conference that you had. and There were all these young people there from across the country. And they're amazing. Yeah, it was exciting. And they were there and they were being encouraged. And, uh, and just to see their, their zeal and their love for the Lord, and their commitment to the Lord and to getting the good news out uh, was, was so encouraging to me. And just to be a part of it, I think I stayed for the entire time. You did. It was like several days. People say, Brad, it's several days, and we're just high schoolers. Or, you know, you stay there for high schoolers several days. I go, yeah, because they're the future. Mm-hmm. And I want them to know we've got their back. Yeah. And uh, that we're going to help them, and we're going to serve them in any way, we, you know, as needed. And, of course, the ministry overall as well. So uh, that's a real, real positive encouragement. Uh, what are some of the problems you see among the, the youth today? Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a different world. Yeah. than when I was in high school. It is. Well, how, what, what's going on today?
2: They're hurting. I think this generation is just, the word that I use often is just hopeless. I, I was just driving, I was dropping my daughter off at school this morning and I was driving down the street and I was watching the students walk into a high school and I just was looking at their face and I thought, oh, they need Jesus. And that was just my thought mm-hmm. as I just watched these students walk into this campus. I mean, they're, um, with social media these days, the comparison, the depression, the anxiety is just so deep-rooted in the hearts of students these days. Um, alternative lifestyles. Being um, pushed. Are, and, it, and they're just Encouraged it's just and pushed. Yeah. It's, it's horrible.
1: And, and the, the public schools are encouraging confusion.
2: Massively, Gen- yeah. Gender
1: identity dysphoria or confusion. It is yes. being fostered and encouraged. Yes by all these public school teachers and administrators and the teachers' union. Uh, And it's not supported by psychology. It's not supported by statistics. uh, It doesn't reduce depression. It just results in more suicides. And this is what the kids are having to face. And suicide
2: Uh, uh, is skyrocketing.
1: And suicide is skyrocketing.
2: uh, The latest stat I heard was 1.1 million attempts suicide each year. Each year? Each year. And our staff is just saying, like, that's enough. No, we're not going to allow this to continue. These students need Jesus. It's the only hope they will ever have. And most students that we um, come in contact with have never heard the gospel. And that's in America. I mean, people think we're in America. It's, it's a Christian world. It's not. Wow. Uh, almost 50% of students that we talk to have never heard John three sixteen before. Wow. 50%. I mean, I'm like,
1: have not heard John I grew up 3:16. in a Christian home
2: and I'm like, what? I mean, I'm still shocked by how many have never heard the basic message of the gospel. Um, and that's in these schools. So, yeah, there's just a deep need for Jesus. That's a lot of the problems that we're seeing.
1: Now, I know a lot of kids today have been pulled out of public schools. yeah, and I've been so happy to see that happen uh, personally because uh, you know the the stats are so terrible with pu- public schools, government schools. Right. Uh, they become dangerous and uh, and spiritually uh, very destructive uh, with regards to kids and their walk with the Lord. Um, homeschooling is just, booming. Yeah. Uh, after the pandemic hit, uh, we saw homeschooling, I think, triple across the country. Mm-hmm. Private schools are bursting. Mm-hmm. Right now, Christian private schools, even though they're they're not cheap, uh, but a lot of parents are saying,
2: yeah. you
1: know, we, we've got to do something. And then we have homeschool co-ops that we are helping churches start. Independent ho- uh, church homeschool co-ops uh, to reach out to kids and for those parents that are working and they, you know, they can't homeschool on their own. They can't afford a private school. But it's still the truth still remains that even though we have so many kids leaving the public schools, there are still so many who are still there. The For majority sure. of sure. the children in, in America are still in mm-hmm. these government schools, mm-hmm. these spiritual death camps. And that's why I think your ministry is so important. Even though I speak you know, wholeheartedly about trying to save as many kids to get them out as you can, right. that said... We cannot, while we're doing that, ignore those that are still in government schools. Jesus died for them yeah. and, uh, and rose again. And I think this is a, a great thing about your ministry is it's, it's just dealing with it head-on, uh, aggressively ministering, evangelizing yep. uh, to have a, a, real, a real impact. Now, what are, some of the, what are some of the opposition that you're seeing to uh, Decision Point and what you guys are doing? I know Satan doesn't like this. No. So uh, what's going on What's some of the opposition? I think that's been pretty startling as well, what's what's, uh, precipitated in response to what you're doing.
2: Yeah, it's real. I mean, you can't deny the spiritual battle that these students are in, and they're on the front lines. I mean, these are the souls of kids. And so the enemy does not, I mean, like what you're saying, it's so uh, full force combat purposefully to confuse these kids and to keep them in bondage. And they're in bondage and then you bring the light of Christ there, there is opposition. And so we're seeing um, students are telling us more and more year after year, I'm losing my friends. I mean, they're lonely. Because when you stand for Christ, uh, you may stand alone. Um, And so one of the things that we're we're working with these students is um, we have a new thing we say, we want to help you stand for Christ, live for Christ, witness for Christ, and endure hardship for his name because he's worth it. Right. And so that's like the, the undergirding and the empowerment that we want to give these students to say, even if you're alone, what would it look like for you to stand for Christ and then to help them even find more Christian students? But one girl, her name is Bailey, and she tried to share the gospel with a student just this past year. And the girl said, I'm going to hit you in the face. And she was like, OK. I mean, just like massive um, yeah. hatred, visceral, um, just against Jesus. Um, And that is real, Um, but she wasn't deterred. And she said, okay, I mean, her her mission remained. It's okay, I'm not gonna reach that student today, but I'm still gonna try to give every student on my campus the opportunity to hear the gospel before they graduate. That was a bigger mission that she had besides that one hard conversation. And so she then in turn still got to lead her friends to the Lord, two of her friends got saved this year. They're now being discipled in her church. And she said, I wasn't deterred. Like, Yeah, I am facing opposition from my friends, but I'm gonna keep going. Um, And then there was another girl. um, Her name's Natalie, she's out in Arizona. And she she had a really hard year this last year. Um, She had a a mission to reach her School for Christ, um, but her administration was really up against her. And um, pretty early on, she started to receive um, just a lot of mockery from other um, students on campus, uh, they started a Satanist club on campus mm-hmm. um, in direct response to the Christian club. I mean, it was a it was an all out attack.
1: Yeah, uh, and I'm glad you mentioned yeah. that because in the past, like you'll have different clubs, and you mm-hmm. may have a Muslim club, mm-hmm. a Jewish club. Those aren't clubs that are, you know, in, are organized in hate of the Christians or right. in hate. You know, they're positive, proactive for the purpose of Muslims or for Jewish people who believe that, you know, or uh, the Spanish club, people you know, they're proactive, positive towards something. They're not like formed out of hate right. towards another group. Right. That that's what the Satan clubs are. People understand this. These kids don't even worship Satan. You know, they, they're a- atheists. Yeah, very much so. And so they call it the Satan club in spite and hostility to the Christian club. Right. They want to jab the Christian club. They want to it's a symbol of, of hate and animosity and being an enemy of the Christian club. Mm-hmm. They don't worship Satan, mm-hmm. I mean, generally. Uh, so uh, it's it's open, outright hate mm-hmm. that is being re, uh, re- response as a response to what you're doing. And, uh, I, you know, we had a, a, a call, a Zoom call on the Satan clubs. I remember, yeah. And uh, it was an interesting call. You know, we talked about... Okay, what are they? What are they actually trying to do? It's actually animosity. The most, you know, They're not really worshippers of Satan, per se. It's more just hate <laughs> towards the Christians. And then we talked about, okay, uh, we've got something positive, and it's called Decision Point. And then we brought on uh, your, the director of your organization. Mark Hobson. <laughs> yeah, Mark Hobson. Great guy. And uh, he talked with the love of Jesus about all the things that they're doing to reach out to kids. Yeah. So the, the goal... Of decision point is never to be against another club. No. It's simply, no, we're going to stay focused yep. on sharing the good news of Jesus. And we're going to love these people, even though they hate us and right. spite us. Uh, and it's it's really incredible to see that kind of a testimony, the, the, the power, the love of Christ. Yeah. If parents, youth ministers, students, yeah. Christian teachers. Yes. Want to get involved, want to be a facilitator, want to work with you. You guys make it very easy. Yeah. I was so impressed. It's so simple. Um, where do they go? How do they, What's the first step they should take?
2: Yeah, decisionpoint.org. We're real personal. Our, our, our ministry just wants to help each student right where they are or each parent right where they are, each uh, pastor right where they are. So we'll have a personal phone call with you. Uh, we got staff ready to go. We have a team for those first phone calls to cast vision, to hear what your situation is, how mm-hmm. we can help. All of our materials are online, so we can give students all the resources that they need. Um, we'd love to help anyone, anywhere.
1: Well, Kelly, thank you for the work that you're doing. I'm so excited about it. I know we at PJI have taken on cases and litigated yeah. with your ministry, as well as for individual students and their right to share the gospel, the good news of Christ. And thank you. I'm excited and looking forward to seeing what God's going to be doing. Uh, And not just the years ahead, but the days ahead as things move so quickly in such a positive way with your ministry for the kingdom. Thanks. Keep up the good work.
0: We would love the opportunity to continue to serve you. Just visit pji.org and click the Legal Insider button to sign up for our email newsletter. At PJI, we help individual employees, employers, business owners, pastors, students, citizens of every stripe through our practical resources, counsel, representation, and defense, all free of charge at PJI.org. PJI is an island of stability and assurance in our ever-churning sea of legal and societal chaos. We are here for you.
1: So folks, just remember... It's our God-given freedoms we're talking about. Now, let's choose to keep them. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute.
0: Let's continue the fight for your freedoms.